It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. We do this every Sunday morning. Don't you all forget, check me out on Sunday mornings. I do appreciate it. This is the time of the year when people are putting their houses on the market. They're like, mm, let's go move. And this is a good time. The children will be out of school. Let's make this change during the summer. And so I was thinking about that. And I said, well, you know what? I probably need to talk to an expert about this. As Also, we're seeing these mortgage rates going up. And so I'm calling on a friend of mine. His name is Bruce Richardson. Bruce is unique because he is a realtor, but he's a realtor in Hampton Roads. He's in Richmond. He's in Northern Virginia. He has some of the newer certificates that are coming down for realtors. And he can just tell us overall what's going on with the housing market today. So welcome to On the Line, Bruce. Good morning, Cheryl. How are you doing this Sunday morning? I am doing well. Now tell me this. Why did you want to become a realtor? Well, you know, the obvious is you if you have a sense of enjoying architectural details, Mm -hmm. of real estate, whether it be residential real estate or commercial real estate. Growing up in the city of Petersburg, Virginia, uh, you have a lot of architectural uniqueness. And as a child, I was just enamored with some of the looks on the exterior of older homes, brick homes in the Petersburg area. And that sparked my fantasy to want to learn more. And so after working in government, for years, uh, I began to become an, an investor and pursue my real estate uh, thoughts and ideas. I remember growing up, one of the fun things that my family of six did was we would hop in the car and mom and dad would take us around and we would look at new houses that were being built. But back in the day, back in the day, you could actually walk through the houses as they were being built. Nobody, you know, was stealing anything or anything. and that that spawned my love of houses. I love houses. I mean, I love my ideal house is a one story brick house. Just yes, I love a house. OK, <laughs> so I understand what you're talking about. Did your family do those Sunday afternoons excursions as well or no? Well, sort of, sort of, Cheryl. We would hop on our 10 speed bike. Oh, OK. We ride around communities. I remember as a child, we would just ride around some of the some of the architectural detail in the South, you know, you see in magazines. But we, I was fortunate enough that we actually had some of this in the city of Petersburg. And I know you know the Hampton Roads and the Richmond area and the Northern Virginia area. You can still find those type of exterior details such as dental molding and, and brick and slate rooftops. So all of that stuff sort of just enamored me as a child. And, uh, and I love it today. You really? love it today. Okay. But what in the world are we going to do with these interest rates? They are out of control, Bruce Richardson. So, Cheryl, uh, we are, you know, we've heard the news of bad rate hikes. And I'm a real estate broker. Um, you heard, you know, it's always a challenge because the, the importance that you reference in, in mortgage interest rates. Uh, the higher the rate, 
typically the less amount of home you're able to find it. Mm-hmm. Unless you are selling a property that you've lived in for 10 years and you've built up this amount of equity that you can use to offset higher interest rates. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the lower, the, the inverse is true as well. The lower the rates are, the more house you can buy. So when over the last four and a half, five years, just even going back into 2017, 2016, when rates were in the low fours and high threes, um, you know, you could buy more home. We are now seeing rates above six and six percent that is. And so it does have uh, its lower purchasing power uh, for our clientele. Uh, the, the news, you know, many instances I was out in Washington DC last week for our National Association of Realtors and Legislative Affairs meeting, and our economists spoke, and hopefully we're going to see a tax change. You know, maybe no more feds have indicated no more rate hikes, but maybe what we'll see is the latter part of this year, fourth quarter, we'll begin to see rates be cut. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not in the mortgage business. I'm just saying what I heard at our Legislative Affairs meeting last week. So how much in in the Hampton Roads area or in the Richmond area, young families start a home, what's the ballpark that you're going to tell them that they're going to spend? Well, I would say this. The typical way that we work with uh, first-time home buyers uh, would be, you know, following a process of getting yourself developing a, a, a monthly budget. And, you know, working in government, I apply the same. You know, the, the one thing in your monthly budget is you have to pay you. So as you pay your other bills, there should also be a bill where you're paying yourself, whether that be through your 401k, 403b, whatever retirement plan that you have, you should be paying yourself as well. And so that helps you in gathering reserves. But when we work with our first-time home buyers, if they uh, meet eligibility credit worthiness guidelines and eligibility guidelines for down payment assistance, we first look at that avenue, Gerald. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first position is to see, you know, where you fit from a lender standpoint, a mortgage lender standpoint, of do you qualify for down payment assistance? Because many people may not have, Cheryl, that $7,500 or that $8,500 or that $12,000 for down payment. So if we can find a way to sort of uh, offset those down payment costs, we had initially tried to identify that. And then from there, we sort of look at your comfort level. You know, you may say for my first home, I want to purchase a home that's Mm $350,000. But from a comfort standpoint, you may only be able to purchase a home that's 275 because you know what your other monthly allocations are. So the, the important part is not for me to say where you should fit, it's to look at where you are and sort of do a deep dive into what's more comfortable for you guys or for a single person in buying their first home. Well, let and, me and ask sure, you this. I, let me ask you this, uh, let me, Bruce. Let me just say this. So okay. when we purchased our first home in 1994, mm-hmm. um, 
your first home need not be your dream home. That's what I was going to ask you. you. You know, your first home should fit, should fit your shelter need. So if you have a young one or two and you are in a relationship, you know, you want to find something that's three bedrooms and maybe two baths and a living room and a kitchen. You know, just something that fits your needs at present. You take that house, you stay in it, you make your payments on time, simulate equity, and then you go to the next house. But do you think, Bruce, that the HGTV has swayed people's normal common sense. So like you said, three bedrooms, maybe one and a half baths. And now they think that the first home is supposed to have top of the line, everything. You know, I just read that in Richmond, there was a house on Three Chop Road. It just sold for under $4 million. I guarantee you that was not that family's first home. How have we gotten to the point where we think the first home has got to be the mansion? That's a great question. It, it really is. And, and I, I would, you know, yield that, you know, what we see and, you know, with social media and, and all these TV stations that show these gorgeous uh, flips and, and renovations. But some of that I would also push back. And, and we have in the past our clients, you know, in a house that's a fixer-upper, as long as it meets the minimum standards, whether, depending on how you're getting financed, whether it's through FHA or conventional, or even if you're buying something in a rural area and you're going USDA, mm-hmm. or if you serve the country and you're going VA, get a home that meets their minimum standards, and then you add your spin to it. Mm-hmm. Because that's really the value of home ownership. It's when you can get in and take that piece of clay and mold it the way you see fit. You know, that's when you found a sense of home. You know, these are the items. We went in and we renovated our kitchen ourselves. You know, and you look at some of the appliances, the, the kitchen refrigerator. Sure, I have thought doing social media clips on how you can change out panels on kitchen refrigerators today. Mm-hmm. It's different just so cool how mm-hmm. you can do that. So you can do a lot of this stuff through your own do-it-yourself project and, and just you appreciate it so much more. And where we find clients who do a lot of them do-yourself, do-it-yourself projects, when we go in and they say, hey, the family has grown and we need to move the house, it is really an emotional transition mm-hmm, right so much into that house that's right we've talked about first-time homeowners but what are some of the things that you see when it comes to people that are buying their second or third homes are there are there certain uh, patterns that you see that they might be doing and they might be doing incorrectly themselves even though they've owned a home before great question great question great question so you know They've owned a home, uh, and they have these, whether it be something they look at online, and they say, hey, my home is valued at this amount. Oh, they're doing comps for you, huh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They've already taken that on. And and one of the areas, you know, a house in today's market, the house that sold six months ago is not the same value today. 
And so, you know, days on market, what we call DOM, plays a major role in, you know, where you can get your house priced at. You know, if your home is priced correctly, it's in a great area, it has accessibility to, you know, a lot of what we call walk score. It has a high walk score and accessibility to restaurants or groceries or transportation. You know, if it has all of that, yeah, it's going to demand a certain price. You're going to gander a certain price for that, those properties. But the homes who may sit in a more rural setting are going to be different. Or homes that may sit, you know, even where there's great density in homes, that the pricing can change. So the one thing that we try to sit down with our second and third time home buyers is when we go in and we're in your in your current home, we try to separate that home from you emotionally because it's, you're selling it. So it's no longer your home. <laughs> That's hard, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Around your home because, you know, you're saying, well, my home should sell for this or my home should not have to do that. And so it's, you're selling it. You're moving to the next house. And so it's, it's a lot of, you know, relationships and explaining a lot of stuff because in many instances you have a sense in purchasing your first home you remember some of those aspects as you go and buy or purchase that second or third home and so we sometimes have to it it, it can be just as much hand-holding for our second time home buyers as it were when you purchase your first home because the first home was purchased six seven eight years ago and now a lot has changed in the industry. But the one thing that I would say, and I don't say it because I am a realtor, I say it because I think it's important. Have a real estate professional assist you when you're buying your home. It is so important. Okay. It, you know, you can find me on all forms of social media. You can find me by typing my name, Bruce Richardson, in. But have a, a real estate professional be there to advocate because one of the areas, Cheryl, we do a lot with new construction, as you know, and one of the areas that we find in new construction is that advocacy piece that's so much required. You know, builders don't always have your home ready new construction. Sometimes they have to build it and Mm -hmm. we may be waiting five or six months out for that deal to be completed. And there's a lot that's going on. And so we, you need a real estate professional that can keep you abreast. Yeah, the builder's gonna call you on occasion with updates, but that real estate professional is gonna make sure that all eyes are dotted and all T's are crossed. That's an interesting thought right there. I have family members and they've had houses built, and I know one in particular said that, you know, after all the paperwork was done and everything, and the house is actually being built, he said every Friday he would stop by and he would have goodies for the people actually working on his house (laughs) and they appreciated it so much you know the house got finished on time things are it was a nicer neighborhood things are done well but just you know the people actually laying hands on your house building your house appreciate them as well just don't overlook them and and he took care of them and the house is great I love that idea. I love that idea. Every Friday, yes. So tell me this. You can just go back early on a Friday or early on a Thursday with cold Gatorade. Yes. For the guy. Yes. I love that idea. Yeah, yeah, they they appreciate it. So tell me this. When it comes to loans, what are we looking at these days? Has the government come up with any 
new loans and are there any loans out there for second third fourth time buyers like there are or programs for first time home buyers so this is a very good question that we often hear and let me give you my spin on this Cheryl knows and I will say to each of you guys I do a lot um, in energy efficiency mm-hmm. so we I talk a lot about the importance of green uh, and energy efficiency environmentally friendly homes and so the answer to that question as a second or third time home buyer, you typically have accrued a lot of equity from your original purchase. Correct. And so we can't go as a first time home buyer where the challenge is, hey, I have not had the opportunity to have the prerequisite reserves. As a second or third home buyer upon the sale of that current home that you're in, you're going to probably make, you know, an average of 70, 80, 120, $150,000 off of that original home. So you do have equity that you can transfer into the purchase of your second or third home. But the one thing that I say to many of our clients is make certain because Virginia has some of the largest statistical data relative to allergies and asthma amongst our communities. So make certain that you find a home that addresses that, Mm. that has features in it that are environmentally friendly, newer HVAC systems that will cool and heat your home and change your filters and, and get one of the areas that we talk about, maybe go in a house with more luxury vinyl plank flooring or hardwood flooring versus carpet, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. some of the allergy concerns with carpet. Um, or maybe one of the bigger features, Cheryl, that we talk about is the paint. So you walk into the old days, you walk in the house and you would say, oh, I love the smell of that new paint. <laughs> and, and what people didn't realize, that paint was airing what we call volatile organic component compound and you and and that's a concern of asthma and allergy related concerns so we won't paint now with low or no volatile organic compound low VOC or no VOC mm-hmm. and so all of these are areas as you age we want to make sure that we're cognizant of the environment that we live in as we bring have young ones, we want to also make sure that they're environment they're environmentally friendly. So the area that we specialize, that I specialize as a as a real estate broker, as a realtor, is I talk a lot with my clients about looking at environmentally friendly aspects of your home and and you incorporating those in the new home or the existing home you're purchasing. Speaking with Bruce Richardson, he is a realtor. He works in Richmond. He works in Hampton Roads. He works in the uh, upper, is it Maryland? Northern no, Virginia. Northern Virginia. And we just launched in January of this year, Charlottesville. So we're now in Charlottesville, Virginia as well. Congratulations. I was reading an article last night and it says, what's going on with homes today? Buyers don't want, and the article actually said walk-in closets. I was like, I don't believe that. But they were, the article went on to say that 
you know, more and more people are saying, hey, this is wasted space. Even though we have all these clothes, we'd rather use this space for other purposes. What are some trends that you are seeing in the world of housing? What do people want these days? So we talk about bedrooms. And Cheryl made the comment earlier what her ideal home would be, would be a rancher style home. Mm-hmm. Everything is on one, one level. But many clients prefer um, their primary bedroom and the primary ensuite bath to be on the first level today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now I will tell you, we have builders that we we have clients who have purchased homes with elevators. Yes, in yes. In-home elevators. And so even in some townhomes, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a higher price point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, we work with clients in Richmond, Northern Virginia, um, even down in um, Smithfield, Virginia, mm-hmm. who have purchased homes with an elevator included in the home. And that's a super sweet home. But the, the, the access to the main bedroom is, you know, and it being on the first level is very attractive. Uh, you talk about storage, you talk about walk-in closets. You know, several builders are now including either if you get a basement or if you have on the second level, they'll give you what's called a storage room because we bring so much baggage oh, wow. from one house to another. They have now built in a, a, a room that would typically be a bedroom, but they now are calling these storage rooms, and it comes with windows and the whole gamut. Uh, whatever you decide, but most clients are using that versus using the garage. They're using this in-house room or building a shed on the rear. They're using this room in the house at front storage, so they have readily accessibility to that home. That is a different idea because, you know, we have, Americans have so much stuff in storage, so (laughs) much stuff. And so they're putting those in the homes there. A lot of the smart features we're seeing in the homes, Cheryl. We've been seeing this for years now, but they're really becoming more nuanced. It's such as you can open and close blinds or get your shades to your blinds. You can do it through Alexa. We're we're incorporating a lot of Alexa into our homes where you can turn on lights, cut off lights through Alexa. And that's really a lot of the commonplace stuff that we're seeing, a lot of smart integration you can almost do anything in your home through your cell phone device. So you can turn on the stove, you can turn on the washer, uh, the washing machine, you can turn on lights, you can raise blinds, you can cut off blinds, you can turn off lights. Almost anything now that I was talking about, even the refrigerators being Wi-Fi as well. So you can do anything from your handheld device to your home while you're there or while you're away from your home. I have a question. My parents, the house my parents built, they built it in 1968. And when they built that house, they put intercoms in the room. But it seems like mm-hmm. intercoms in the bedrooms went out of style. Are they back in style or people are using something else? So, great question. You see a little bit of that. Not as much. But, uh, you know, with your ring or your smart um camera device on your doorbell now, mm-hmm. they're all incorporated. You know, we were at the Janet Jackson concert Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon, and you know, we stayed down in the beach area 
on Monday in celebration of Mother's Day with my wife. And uh, we had the doorbell ring a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And literally, I carried on conversations for my cell phone uh, <laughs> at the doorbell. And so a lot of that is the, it's, it's embedded in the technology, you know, the intercom system. Um, Alexa has still, still changing how we live in our homes today because you have so much that you can do through your Alexa app. And then when you talk about even some of the AI stuff that's going to be coming down the pipe with chat GPT, that's going to change a lot of what we do in our homes as well. And I, I will pick this though, Cheryl, one of the big features that we're going to see with photos when we put houses in our MLS, you're going to see more incorporation of drones. Of what? So drone is going of to drone. be the okay. next of videoing for your home. Wow. Well, I think my parents put those intercoms in the room because my mother would blare music through them on Saturday mornings, and that meant get up. But I can that? see what you mean about the drones because drones are going to become so much more a part of our lives. I don't know if people realize that people out here make good money by the use of drones, taking photography and things like that. So I can understand where you're coming from with that drones, definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, so yeah. when you look at Northern Virginia, when you look at Charlottesville, when you look at Richmond, when you look at Hampton Roads, where are the more expensive homes overall? So that's a great question. So if you want land, if you want great views of uh, topography and mountaintop, you're going to go Charlottesville. You're going to go west. Uh, if you want you know, access to the District of Columbia and, and the, the museum mall and the, the great eats on weekends, you're going to go north. You're mm -hmm. going to go northern Virginia. And, and, and those, high, those price points are always going to be a challenge in northern Virginia. Mm -hmm. You know, you can buy a, a home in Hampton, Richmond, that's 400000 that's going to be Seven hundred and fifty, eight hundred thousand in Northern Virginia, mm -hmm. but you have this access to the District of Columbia, you know, and, and and that's huge for many people. So, and then if you just want the Central Virginia area, where you have, you know, good eats as well, yes. and you have also access to museums. Um, you know, you can come in Richmond in, the house, in Central Virginia, and the prices are a little bit more affordable even than Charlottesville. But if you want the beach, if you want access to water and things of that nature, you've got to go down to the Hanson Rover. You you know, you have the pricing is, is favorable. You have the access of the water, you have the beach, you have Yorktown, you have Hampton, you have Buckrow. You just have so much as far as if you are a water lover and the, the, the tranquility of being close at the proximity to water views. You got to go to the Hampton Road area. Well, so you, I, you need that tranquility because the traffic is off the chain, Bruce. Because Virginia has so much different topography. Bruce, I said, yeah, you need that tranquility because the, the traffic in Hampton Roads is off the chain. <laughs> that's a, that's another fight. Both, <laughs> yeah, both times we were in Hampton at the uh, 
and we were at the uh, the Janet Jackson concert. We came across Monitor Merrimack both times. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I heard the traffic down there Sunday was awful, but anyway. So Bruce Richardson has been my guest. I can't believe this 30 minutes is almost up, but he is all things realtor, and I'm just so glad that you were able to join us today and give us this good information. So tell people how they can get in contact with you. So there are several ways. Cheryl, I want to first thank you no. for the opportunity mm-hmm. today to be on Sunday Monday. Sunday morning show. No worries. There's that you can reach me. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Bruce Richardson. Uh, you can also find me on your Facebook, your Instagram, or your Twitter accounts. I'm on each of those platforms. Uh, I have a real quick phone number I will share it with everyone. It's an 804 641 7424 641-7424. That's the most accessible way to find me. Uh, and Or you can do any type of Google search and type in Bruce Richardson. Uh, the junior is the one that, that in college, I'm the senior. Uh, the one with the, with no hair on his head. <laughs> <laughs> and he's at Virginia Tech with my nephew, right? Yes, he is. What's he studying? He is business management, Sean yeah, Bruce Jr. is major business management with a uh, minor in business analytics. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you so much for all you do for all of these different localities. Thank you for being one of these honest realtors out here just trying to get the job done. And thank you for all the information that you shared with us this morning. I'm Cheryl Wilkerson. It is a Sunday. I'm about to get out of here. Uh, Don't forget, you know, you can always donate to this radio station if you are so inclined. We had a membership drive recently. And if you would like to donate, uh, you can text HOT91 to 91999. So in the two column, put 91999. And in the text, put HOT91. And we would appreciate it. You all have a fabulous Sunday. I love you. Behold the green and gold.